So here we are, it is a Thursday and we are approaching the weekend and we have tons to talk about regarding the San Bernardino shooting, which it turns out was not due to climate change or pro-life opinions or any of the other narratives that the left wanted to push. We'll go through every last rake that the left stepped on yesterday as these shootings unfolded. And then we will get to things that I hate aside from the left that steps on every rake when there is a shooting attack by Islamic terrorists. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Scott, tend to demonize people who don't care about your feelings. Okay, so yesterday, as the shooting unfolded in San Bernardino, and we're, we're about 45 minutes away from San Bernardino, maybe an hour away from San Bernardino, and, uh, and everybody in the office was kind of watching as this unfolded, and there were two groups of people. There are the groups of people who are typically on the political right who are saying, okay, let's wait to find out all the facts before we jump to any conclusions. We don't know how they got the guns. We don't know who the people are. We don't know why this happened. And then there were the folks on the left who legitimately did not wait for five seconds in order to, in order to push their agenda. As this whole thing was unfolding, there are a bunch of narratives that, that, that unfolded in real time. And I think it's important to trace every narrative that the left pushed out there because it's, it's as though this shooting was specifically designed to destroy every leftist narrative that there is. I mean, every, the, 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 the left is mourning its dead narratives today. The people they don't care so much about. The narratives they are very, very, very upset about. So it started yesterday with the, the networks attempting, as this shooting unfolded, attempting to link it with the Planned Parenthood shooting of a week and a half ago. Uh, and, and they tried to claim that this had something to do with a Planned Parenthood that was located a mile and a half from the shooting the actual shooting grounds. They, they went to, they actually staked out the Planned Parenthood a mile and a half away. Okay, for people who don't understand LA, okay, the way that LA works, a mile and a half is a really long way in LA. It's like a super long way because nobody walks anywhere in LA. In San Bernardino, the same is true. And to even travel in a car a mile and a half in Los Angeles takes you a very long time because traffic is so bad. So they're standing a mile and a half away from the scene of the crime and they're telling you that Oh, by the way, it's not, but we thought it was going to be Planned Parenthood, that this was just these crazy pro-lifers, and here they are doing the routine, trying to link it to the pro-life movement. Again, here's CNN. Just one more minor detail, something that people might be concerned about following what happened in Colorado just a few days ago. We've received word that this shooting was not at a Planned Parenthood, so that's at least uh, some perspective on where the shooting may be taking place, obviously with what happened Is there a Planned Parenthood nearby? Is that... Uh, there, that may be the case. We just learned that from CNN's Joseph Netto. Uh, he called and made contact with the office. Obviously, there was some concern that there might be one. Oh, it's near just that around area. the corner. I was just handed a piece of information. Apparently, there's a Planned Parenthood in San, in San Bernardino, just around the corner from the location. So there you have it. So right. that's not what's being targeted. Right. There you have it. That's not what's being targeted. But it's just around the corner. You know, there's a car crash 22 miles away from a Planned Parenthood in Poughkeepsie. Well, that means that it had to do something with Planned Parenthood. Sam Stein over at the Huffington Post, he, he tweeted out, Planned Parenthood is about 1.3 miles from site of shooting. CNN, however, is reporting the shooting didn't take place there. 1.3 miles, folks. Okay, there's a Chuck E. Cheese, 1.5 miles. I looked it up. There is a Chuck E. Cheese that is 1.5 miles away from the site of this shooting attack at the Inland Regional Center. And I didn't see any, any planned, I didn't see any CNN trucks or MSNBC commentators or Huffington Post reporters bitching about it. It, it is amazing. So they tried to link it that immediately fell flat. All right, so that was the first narrative fail on the part of the left, that it has something to do with these crazed pro-lifers. It's now a movement. They're out to... Oh, it has nothing to do with Planned Parenthood. Oopsie-daisies. So the next thing that they tried to do is they tried to push the idea that it was random people, right? That it was just... It was some random people, and it was random right-wingers. So Marcos Melitzis, who is just scum of the earth, Marcos is... He runs, he runs Daily Coast, and, and Marcos is a, a moral cow pie. 
And he's just turd. And Marcos Melitzis tweeted out, in the middle of all of this, he tweeted out, you know, people in the GOP and the right should be ashamed because well, how can you say that you're for the safety of Americans when one of yours is doing this? To which people rightly asked, do you have any information that would suggest that one of ours is doing this? And he had no answer to that, but he said it anyway. And there were people all over the left who were saying this. This has to be some crazed right winger based on no evidence whatsoever. And it demonstrates once again that for the left, the enemies that they wish they had are not the actual enemies Americans have. Crazed right wingers are not out there shooting places up as a general rule. If they were, there would be a lot more of them because there are lots of right wingers in this country. But as a percentage, a lot more right wingers than Muslims in, in the United States. But they, they tried to pin it on the, on the so-called crazed right wing. This is, this is what they were trying to push. So then that failed. That, that turned out not to be true. So then they had to move on to their next narrative. And their next narrative was, you guessed it, gun control. Right? It was all about the gun control. President Obama blamed the lack of gun control again. Here's President Obama talking about, this, this, as the shooting is happening, he's asked by a reporter at CBS about what he thinks is going on, and he drops his famous phrase, it's all about the gun control. We need more gun control. We need more gun Here's Barack Obama on gun control. Yeah, we have a pattern now of, of mass shootings in this country that uh, has no parallel anywhere else in the world. And there are some steps we could take, not to eliminate every one of these mass shootings, uh, but uh, to improve the odds that uh, they don't happen as frequently. Uh, there are steps that we can take. Now, he still doesn't know, remember, at this point when he's speaking. He doesn't know who did it. He doesn't know where they got the guns. There is one thing that he knows, right? There is one thing that he knows. This happened in California. Now, those of us who live in California understand that the gun laws here are actually pretty tough. Okay, California has actually the most restrictive gun regime in the United States. The Brady Center gives California an A for its gun laws. The Brady Center is, of course, a gun control propaganda outlet. And they are very much in favor of all of the restrictions that we have universal background checks, we have an assault weapons ban, uh, you have to have a waiting period for, for handguns. You know, all of, this is, uh, all of these things you, you, you have to do. But President Obama, anyway, tried to suggest that there were common sense gun safety reforms. And then he said that anybody on the no-fly list should be barred from purchasing firearms. Anybody on the no-fly list. There's only one problem. The only, you, people are put on the no-fly list by mistake. That's not due process of law. There are, ton, there are literally hundreds of thousands of people on the no-fly list. So if they don't want you to have a gun, they just stick you on the no-fly list. And then all of a sudden you can't get a gun. So where I come from, in order for you to be deprived of a constitutional right, there first has to be some sort of due process that attaches, but not for Barack Obama. And by the way, France has pretty significant gun laws. I mean, you, nobody owns a gun in France. And they killed 130 people over in France two weeks ago. So they tried to blame gun control. Hillary Clinton did the same thing. Hillary Clinton tweeted this out. Here's what Hillary Clinton's tweet looked like. She tweeted, quote, I refuse to accept this as normal. We must take action to stop gun violence now. And one of the things I find so deeply obnoxious about Hillary Clinton and people who, who think like her is the unearned moral superiority that is just rife in this tweet. I mean, it's just, it, it underscores this entire tweet. I refuse to accept this as... Who's accepting this as normal? Is anyone accepting this as normal? Is there anyone in the United States who is not pro-terrorist who is accepting this as normal? Anyone? But she personally, not we refuse to accept this as normal, or America should choose to accept this as normal. No, first of all, no one is refusing to accept this as no, uh, no one. Is, is, in, what is she talking? No one accepts this as normal. What is she talking about? The idea is, of course, that she, in all of her moral glory and wisdom, refuses to accept this as normal, and you, you don't. If you oppose her agenda, it's because you want this to happen. It's because you're okay with this happening. 
This is the same argument Piers Morgan made to me when I smacked him down. The idea that if you don't agree with him, then it's because you don't care about dead people, which is just obnoxious and immoral. It's an immoral argument. It's a nasty argument, but it's something Hillary Clinton pushes because it makes all of her followers feel good about themselves. They don't actually have to do anything, but they feel really special now because they've stood up to those evil people who accept the normality of mass shootings. Just disgusting. Bernie Sanders did the same thing. Bernie Sanders, uh, the, the other Democratic candidate who's not going to win, uh, the socialist loonbag from Vermont, he tweeted this out with regard to the, the attacks yesterday. He tweeted, mass shootings are becoming an almost everyday occurrence in this country. This sickening and senseless gun violence must stop. Okay, first of all, what you'll notice is that the left routinely redefines what mass shootings constitute. Whenever you see people say there's a mass shooting every single day, what they mean is more than one person shot in a given confrontation. They don't mean, if you actually take the number of shootings where it's three or more people, that number drops precipitously. But it has to stop. It just has to stop, right? And, and this is what Bernie Sanders has been pushing. And, and Bernie Sanders, by the way, I think it's kind of just telling to put up what he, what he tweeted in the aftermath of the Planned Parenthood attack. Here's what he did in the aftermath of the Planned Parenthood attack, Bernie Sanders. He tweeted, quote, We must stop the war on Planned Parenthood and make sure women have the ability to control their own bodies, stand with Planned Parenthood. So in other words, when there's a, a supposedly pro-life person who is actually a nut job who shoots up the area outside of Planned Parenthood, then he comes out against the cause, right? But when it's a Muslim who shoots up a, a rec center with, with 14 people killed, then it has nothing to do with the cause, then it has to do with the gun. It's just amazing how that, how that works. Well, all of this, this gun control narrative, it started to fall apart pretty quickly because it turns out that the guns were actually obtained legally. Right? Two of the guns were obtained legally, and there is no evidence that, they, that anything was obtained illegally except for all of the other material they had with them. Because here's what we now know. These people have been planning this for weeks. They had pipe bombs, multiple, 12 pipe bombs in their apartment. It was a bomb-making factory, according to Fox News. They, they put booby traps in their car. They put booby traps in their house. They had dropped their daughter off. This is a, this is a married couple. They dropped their Muslim married couple. They had dropped their daughter off with grandma to take care of her for the day and presumably for the rest of her life because they were going to die that day. And, um, and those are things that you can't control with gun control. But this brings up the left's major narrative of the day yesterday. And this was the major narrative that dominated most of the day yesterday. So we've already knocked down three, right? We've, we've knocked down the that it was pro-life people, we've knocked down that it was random people, and we've knocked down that it was that gun control was the big issue here because obviously California has massive gun control. So what did they move on to next? What they moved on to next was something so vile and really unprecedented that it speaks to who the left are as human beings. And that is they started going after anyone who prays. Right? If you if you tweeted out prayers for the people in San Bernardino. The left decided that you were evil. You were a bad person if you did that. So Chris Murphy, who is an actual sitting senator, a Democrat senator from Connecticut, this is what he tweeted out in the aftermath of the attacks. He tweeted, quote, Your thoughts should be about steps to take to stop his carnage. Your prayers should be for forgiveness if you do nothing again. Right? So you shouldn't say thoughts and prayers unless you agree with his gun control agenda because thoughts and prayers are meaningless and they do nothing. It's Scott Bixby over at the Huffington Post. And Scott Bixby tweeted out a whole list of all the Republicans tweeting out their thoughts and prayers to the people who are in San Bernardino. And then Scott Bixby of, Huff of Huffington Post. Do we have this one, Mathis? Um, he, he tweeted out that the official GOP position was praying and God bless and praying and thoughts and prayers and praying and thoughts and prayers. Right? This is, that, that's what, what they're all saying. That's Scott Bixby there. And then in the middle, you see Matthew Iglesias. Matthew Iglesias is the mentally challenged person 
from, uh, from Vox.com, and he tweets out, other countries must have fewer mass shootings because their conservative politicians offer thoughts and prayers more vigorously. Or he's being sarcastic. You shouldn't offer thoughts and prayers. You need to take action, like banning all guns. And then you have Marcos Melitzas, uh, the, the aforementioned moral cow pie, and he writes, at least 14 dead and 14 injured, but lucky for them, the GOP is offering up loads of thoughts and prayers. Now, it's worth mentioning, this morning, President Obama did a press conference, and at that press conference, President Obama specifically offered his thoughts and prayers. Nobody on the left cared, right? Nobody, nobody said anything. Hillary Clinton, after Paris, offered her thoughts and prayers. Nobody said anything. The reason that they are saying that they don't like the thoughts and prayers language is twofold. One is that anybody on the right who has thoughts and prayers, first of all, they think everybody on the right is religious. So they just assume that if you have thoughts and prayers, it's because you're a religious person. And if you're a religious person, then you're pro-gun and you oppose their agenda. And thus, correlation being causation, because you pray, you therefore don't agree with their gun control agenda. So they're connecting those two things in an idiotic way. Because if you're a leftist and you offer thoughts and prayers, again, they have nothing to say about it. Then they're fine with thoughts and prayers as long as you're also pushing gun control. By the way, the Huffington Post ran with this headline, another mass shooting, another deluge of tweeted prayers. And then the, and, and what they said, these are reporters, okay? Not opinion writers. Reporters, Sam Stein and Arthur Delaney. Public officials are the people society trusts to solve society's ills. First of all, I don't trust public officials to solve society's ills. I don't. I trust individuals to solve society's ills because I think individuals are responsible for themselves, which is going to bring me to my other point about prayer in a second. See, like, say, gun violence. But every time multiple people have been gunned down in a mass shooting, all these officials can seemingly do is rush to offer their useless thoughts and prayers. Right? Thoughts and prayers are useless. And the, the epitome of this entire mindset was the failing New York Daily News, which is losing readers like like wildfire and here is the cover of the new york daily news today okay, for people who can't see the cover is and shows a tweet from Rand paul with thoughts and prayers and paul ryan thoughts and prayers and ted cruz and lindsey graham thoughts and prayers and then it says in it's a entirely black front page and then in giant white letters it says god isn't fixing this and then beneath that it says as latest batch of innocent americans are left lying in pools of blood Cowards who could truly end a gun scourge continue to hide behind meaningless platitudes. Okay, first of all, nobody can end this. Okay, human beings, government does not have the power to end every bad thing. And this is really the point. Okay, they, they misunderstand the role of, they, they don't understand God and they don't understand government is really what it comes down to for the left. The reason the left is truly upset with people praying is because if we pray to God, then we are not praying to government. And they think we ought to be praying to government. Government is God. For the left, government is God. This is why whenever there's a problem in life, government can solve it. Right? Government is just a place you go to fix things. Government is a place that they're supposed to take care of you. This is why you're not supposed to own guns, folks. Because after all, the government has guns. And sure, you know that they're not omnipotent and they're not omniscient, and that if a mass shooter descends in the middle of a regional center and decides to kill people, there will be a four-minute response time, which there was in San Bernardino, as people were getting shot, that they'll only show up after 75-plus rounds have been fired into the bodies of human beings. You know that. But according to people on the left, if we just gave government more power, then all this could be stopped. Right? Government is God. Government can fix anything. And government is, more than that, a jealous God. Just like the Ten Commandments, but government. Government is a jealous God. You shall have no gods before it. So if you worship God, and that means that you are individually responsible, your, your life is between you and God, then that is a denial of the idea that the real God government can solve all of your problems. And so you, are, you have blasphemed, you're an idolater, and you must be called out as a blasphemer and an idolater. 
And then we get to, and, and it's because this childish view of government extends to why these people are atheists, surely. Uh, folks on the left, they're not all atheists. They're people who are supposedly religious on the left, although they're not biblically religious on the left by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, you believe in God. You believe in a God that's, that's involved in daily universe, maybe. Do you agree with the biblical God? No, because the, the Bible is not a left-wing document. But, if you, but for, for a lot of these folks... The left, leftism is based on a philosophy of atheism because leftism assumes, leftism is all about the material world. Leftism says all human unhappiness is caused by material inequality. It's not caused by you doing bad stuff or you making bad choices or you violating your covenant with God. All bad things in the universe are caused by you not having enough stuff. And if we just redistribute all the stuff, then everything is good. There's no such thing as the spiritual plane for the left, which is why they're constantly saying that terrorism is caused by poverty as opposed to a moral shortcoming, right? It's not caused by a moral shortcoming, it's caused by poverty because there's no such thing as moral, there's no such thing as spiritual. Leftism is based on this atheistic notion of the universe. It's why Karl Marx suggested that religion was the opium of the masses. It kept us all blind to the realities of what actually rules things. So the, the left views God in the same way that they view government. And this is why they don't believe in God, right? They view government as something where government will give you what you want, but they see prayer as stupid. Why is prayer stupid? Because according to the left, what prayer actually is, prayer is sort of like a gumball machine, right? God is a gumball machine. And you're supposed to take your nickel, and that's your prayer, and you put it in the gumball machine, and after you twist the little handle, the gumball comes out, right? You prayed to God for X, and God will give you X. This is how they think religious people think. They, because this is how they think of God, they think this is how we, the religious, think of God. Now, there's not a single deeply religious person in the Judeo-Christian world who believes this. Right? All Judeo-Christian people know God says no. Right? Sometimes your agenda is not God's agenda. Right? The idea that you pray in order so that you can convince God of something is a pagan notion. God is unchanging. God doesn't decide on the spur of the moment, oh, well, you know, I wasn't going to give him this car, but now that he prayed for it, well, that changes everything. That's not how God operates. Only a child would think that that's how God operates. Prayer is meant to bring you in consonance with your godly mission. Okay, and pretty much all religious thinkers agree on this, from Augustine to C.S. Lewis to Maimonides. Pretty much everyone agrees. What prayer is designed to do, it's designed to remind you that you are subject to God's dictates, and it's supposed to remind you that God's plan for you may not be your plan for you, but you pray that you can understand God's plan for you the best that you possibly can, and that you act in accordance with his will, and that if you do that, you'll lead a happier life. That's what prayer is for. In a nutshell, that's what prayer is for. Right? C.S. Lewis wrote, it's quite useless knocking at the door of heaven for earthly comfort. It's not the sort of comfort they supply there. And that's exactly right. right. Maimonides says explicitly, prayer is designed for man to recognize the primacy of God and bring you into consonance with his mission for you. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs says, prayer is the act of listening to God, listening to us. Right? That's what prayer is. But prayer is certainly not this idea that, oh, if we just prayed harder, then there wouldn't be any more mass shootings. No religious person believes that. When people offer thoughts and prayers, no one thinks that's going to stop mass shootings which is why religious people are gun owners. If we thought that, then we would just live behind the, the shield of the word, right? We don't. We live behind the shield of the world and then, uh, of the word and then the shotgun that's next to us on our table, right? <laughs> the, the fact is that religious people understand that we have activity and that we are agents in this world, that we have agency, we have free will, we have primacy in our own lives, but the primacy in the universe is God's and unless we recognize his primacy, we're gonna live unhappy lives. That's what prayer is. The left doesn't understand prayer and so they rip on prayer because what they think prayer should be is what they think government should be. They think God and government should be the same. Government gives us everything we want and so if we really wanted to stop mass shootings, we should stop praying to God and we should start praying to Obama. We should start praying to President Obama. 
And President Obama agrees. Today, President Obama, his White House, said that they are planning to expand executive action to expand background checks for gun sales. California, again, already has universal background checks. These two people passed a California background check when they bought their guns. But President Obama, as the godlike initiator of all that is good and just in the universe, he is going to descend from on high, and he's going to fix everything, and he will keep you safe. He'll give you your phone. He'll give you your car. Now, you remember the Obama phone lady? This is how people think of government, and the same people think of God the same way, and it's stupid in both cases. That's not how God works, and it ain't how government works either. You know, when it says biblically, put not your faith in man, right? Well, that's because man is not capable of giving you everything that you want or keeping you safe. And when it says put your faith in God, it doesn't mean that God is going to do everything that you want. He may do some things that you want. He may do other things that you definitely don't want. But that has very little to do with what you ask him to do. You don't have any... This is my own view of prayer. God is not sitting there waiting for you to check a box before he gives you what he's going to give you anyway. He knows what you're going to do anyway, right? I mean, the idea that, that God is sitting there and that he's just responsive to your every whim and that he changes his mind based on your prayer is just, it's nonsense. You can't change God because God is unchanging and God is perfect. That is the notion of Judeo-Christian morality. Okay, so they tried that narrative. They tried the anti-prayer narrative. It fell flat. People thought this was ridiculous because it is ridiculous and it is insulting. Next... So, and so now we've, we've now gone through four narratives, right? This all happened in the course of about five hours yesterday. We've gone through four narratives, and all of them are just the left stepping on a rake, and boom, they handle hitting them right in the face, right? And then they get up from, from, their, from their bleeding faces on the ground, and they proceed to immediately jump with both feet on the next rake. So they started off, just to recap, with its right-wing terrorism, then it turned into, well, it's just unspecified white people terrorism. Shep Smith was doing this yesterday. It's three white men, three white men... It wasn't three white men. It wasn't even three men, right? There's a gal, and they were Middle Eastern. Uh, and, uh, and then the second part was that, 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 that was the second part. The third part was that we need gun control. The fourth part was anybody who prays is stupid, especially if they're right wing. And then finally, we get to the, the fifth part, and that is he must be crazy. He must be a nut. The people who did this, they must be totally crazy. And to prove they're totally crazy, here is the brother-in-law of the guy, and he, and he said, the Council on American-Islamic Relations, which is, in fact, a terror-linked group. I mean, they've, they've, they were an unindicted co-conspirator in the Holy Land Foundation case. They have links to, to international terrorist groups. They held a press conference immediately, like spontaneously, spur of the moment, right? which is kind of weird, unless they knew immediately that Islam had something to do with it, and radical Islam had something to do with it. And here they are talking about, well, we really don't know what drove these people. Probably, well, it didn't, couldn't be Islam. It probably had something to do with, like, they were just crazy or something. And I, I'm, I am in shock that something like this could happen. Um, that's, that's all I have. I, I hope everybody uh, understand and, you know, everybody get recovered much faster, whatever the victims are there. Thanks. What was the last time you spoke to Syed? I mean... I I spoke to about like a week ago with him. Yeah. Um, you saying he's a religious person? I mean, you know, I, there's no comment. I mean, investigation is going on. I, you would know what it is. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. Why? Would oh, he has he no do idea. That? All right, we can pause it right there. Yeah, that's it. No, he's just, and then he goes on to say, "Well, he's probably just a nut. He probably went crazy. He just went totally crazy. So crazy that he drafted his wife into this thing." Now, here's the thing about terror cells. Okay, when you have a lone nut, typically they have to be alone. 
right? In order for you to be a crazy person, it's very hard to draft your wife into this. And it's particularly, I mean, anybody who's married, it's hard to draft your wife into anything. <laughs> to draft your wife into, we're going to go over to the local rec center, leave your six-month-old baby behind, by the way, and we're going to go shoot a bunch of innocent people and then get shot, right? That, that, that's not a normal crazy person thing, okay? The, 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 there's, there's crazy people, and then there are people who are rational but believe in evil ideology. And what's amazing is, everybody, I, I don't know how the, how, I, I saw tweets today. How could this happen? I just don't understand how, how this woman could leave her child behind. How could she do this? How, that doesn't make any sense. Well, I have two little words that solve all of this. Radical Islam. Because it turns out that all over the planet, women do this. Okay, in, in the Palestinian areas, we've had multiple cases of women with children attacking Israeli soldiers with knives. In Syria, this has been a problem. In Iraq, this has been a problem. In Afghanistan, this has been a problem. Okay, the idea that there, in France, there was a female who was involved in the French attacks. The idea that women are not involved, this is what's amazing. Obama says, no, we should, don't worry about the refugees that are coming in. Don't worry about them at all. Here's what we know about these two people, okay? We know that she came from Saudi Arabia. We know that he was traveling to the Middle East extensively. We know that he had contacts with outside terrorist influences. All of this is breaking today. But President Obama says, no, our screening procedures are so good with thousands and thousands of Syrian Muslim refugees that none of them will be terrorists. None of them. If you believe that, then you're an idiot. I mean, honestly, you have to be a moron to believe that at this point. And, and, but, the, but they have to keep pushing this narrative. It's important to push the narrative that it can't be Islam, right? Because finally, in the end, President Obama and, and the left basically have two speeches prepared for these shooting scenarios. One is if it's a white right-wing guy or just a white guy, and the other is if it's a Muslim. If it's a white guy, then the narrative that comes out is this is a reflection of right-wing ideology, this is a reflection of gun control needs, and then, if it's a Muslim, then, then we get the Islamophobia speech, and we're going to get that today. That's going to be the big narrative today, is the real thing we have to learn from all of this is that people shouldn't have been so mean to this particular couple. If they had just been nicer, this is already starting to emerge, by the way. The LA Times has a piece today about his victimized childhood, how it's so hard for Muslims in the United States, right? If it's that hard for Muslims in the United States, there are like six to seven million of them here in the United States, why don't we see this all the time, if it's that hard for Muslims in the United States? And, and so they've been trying to push this. One NBC journalist got on TV and suggested it was workplace violence. President Obama also suggested it was workplace violence. Workplace violence is the euphemism that we use when Muslims shoot people up for Islamic reasons in a place where people work. Then it's called workplace violence. Here is this NBC journalist making an ass of himself. I think we will eventually get some indication on what that dispute was about. Uh, this was a holiday party. Uh, maybe it was called a Christmas party. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many potential triggers here. It's really unclear. But I think the most important thing is, is to circle back what Joe says. It doesn't add up. This clearly was a planned out event. Yeah. I mean, you don't uh, rush home, get the guns, have the bombs already made, have no. the tactical gear on without having some sort of plan. I guess the question is, was there something that caused that plan to happen yesterday? Or was that something that was going to happen and they were, this, this dispute was the trigger? Okay, so, so first of all, it has now been disputed that there was a dispute at the party. It looks more like this guy went to the party and was casing the joint. He went there to see how many people were there and how many innocent people he could kill. And this brings up, uh, I think, a very important point about all of this. And that is that this drive, this anti-Islamophobia, we can't pay any attention to the Islamic wizard behind the curtain, don't pay attention to any of that. All of this gets people killed. It legitimately gets people killed. It ends with dead people. And it happened in this particular case. Here's what CBS LA reported today. Quote, A man who had been working in the area said he noticed a half dozen Middle Eastern men in the area in recent weeks, but decided not to report anything, since he did not wish to racially profile those people. 
So in other words, he saw a lot of suspicious activity with a bunch of Middle Eastern men, Muslims, and he did not call the cops because he didn't want to racially profile. And this is not the first time we've seen this. In 2006, there were a bunch of Muslims who were planning an attack on Fort Dix, and they went into a circuit city, and they handed the clerk behind the counter a tape, and the tape was of them shooting guns into the air, idiot terrorists, they, them shooting guns into the air and talking about jihad. This guy got uncomfortable. He thought about calling the police, and then he said, but would it be racist if I call the police? He actually said this. One of his other employees had to say to him, no, you, you need to call the cops now. Like, if you're, if you're suspicious, it'll end up being nothing. But understand, this is something the left pushes. Political correctness gets people killed. We made a big deal a few weeks back about Ahmed the Clock Boy. You remember this? Where a 14-year-old boy walks into school and he's got a device that looks exactly like a bomb because he had taken the back off a clock, stuck it in a pencil case, and then claimed that he had invented a clock, which is asinine. He did not invent anything. He no more invented the clock than me standing at noon on my sidewalk is inventing a sundial. Okay, he didn't invent a clock. He, but he goes in there, and what happens? Somebody says, this is suspicious. See something, say something, right? That's what we're told. So they say something. The police come in, they detain him, they release him. President Obama calls the police racist, calls the town racist, and invites the kid to the White House. What do you think, what do you think a normal person is gonna take away from that? Might a normal person take away that it's very risky to use your head? And it is called using your head, by the way. It is more suspicious if a group of Middle Eastern men from random places suddenly start showing up in the middle of the night at the apartment next door than it would be if a group of white guys started showing up next door. The white guys showing up next door might be there for a drug deal, but the Middle Eastern men probably are not. Okay, even if you're suspicious of both groups, there's higher suspicion in different groups, right? The fact is that there is such a thing as a risk profile, but we've now moved to the point where see something, say something has become see something, say something, unless it's the person you actually should probably be suspecting. If it's that person, definitely don't say anything because then you might be a racist. All of this is going to lead to more dead people and, and, it's going, and, and the left doesn't care because this is their narrative. Their narrative has to be pushed no matter what. The narrative must be prolonged no matter what and no matter how many dead bodies start to stack up. Okay, it's time for things that I, that I hate. First, something that I really, really like. I've been trying to balance it out and as always, we thank Lindsay for the idea for the things that I hate segment. Uh, and, and, and as always, I mentioned something that I like because I want to show that I don't hate everything in the universe. Uh, so, so there's this meme that's been going around that I happen to think personally is the funniest thing that has ever <laughs> happened. It may be in the history of the world. It was sent to me originally by my younger sister. And uh, it, it, for those who can't see, it's a picture of Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato is a singer. She used to be on what, Nickelodeon, right? I think she's on Nickelodeon. And, uh, and it's a picture of her, and it is not a flattering picture of her. It's a picture of her from some red carpet event, and her hair looks short. I don't even know where her hair went here. It's like she has a shaved head, and she looks like she is, she just looks awful. I mean, it's an awful picture of her. And somebody snapped this photo of her and then put it up on Instagram with the, with the caption, Demi's twin sister, she was locked in a basement her whole life. This picture was taken the first time she went outside. Her name is Poot. <laughs> and, and I love when celebrities get mocked because they totally deserve it. And Poot Lovato um, has now become an internet sensation. There's a Wikipedia profile for Poot Lovato. She's termed that she was her twin sister and Demi locked her in a closet somewhere. She has been described as having the voice of a feral angel. Um, and people have, have taken this photo and cropped it and put it on the head of Harry Potter and put it on Demi Lovato's head. Uh, in, in, her, in her albums, she, she has a song called Hot for the Summer. Somebody made an album cover that looks like Poot for the Summer. And it's, and it's, and it's very, very funny. So that's something that I like. Mocking celebrity. She, she, by the way, couldn't take the joke, and she got very upset about it and started cursing about it. She's supposed to be a handful. So 
anytime. It's particularly funny when a celebrity who's kind of a jerk gets mocked. So, so that's funny. Okay, now on to things that I hate. So there's a new Batman Superman movie that's, that's coming out. The last Superman movie, Man of Steel, was a major disappointment. The, the, the Batman movies I'm a huge fan of. I love Christopher Nolan. I thought they were all great movies. I thought Dark Knight is an amazing film. Um, maybe Certainly a top five action flick of all time, Dark Knight. Maybe number one. I mean, it's an amazing movie, Dark Knight. And Dark Knight Rises is, is maybe the most right-wing film of the last 20 years. It's an incredibly right-wing film that is an, a full-on indictment of communism. And, the, and so they moved from that to we're going to make Batman versus Superman. And, and people are thinking, oh, this is going to be awesome, right? Because you've got both Batman and Superman. Then it turned out they were casting Ben Affleck as Batman which he did such a wonderful job as Daredevil. How could you not cast him <laughs> as Batman? Uh, and, uh, and, and then they, they, Zack Snyder has been directing these films. Zack Snyder is wildly overrated. Um, and the first preview came out, and I was cautiously, I want to say cautiously optimistic, but that's not really even it. I sort of had just trepidation about it. I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I didn't think it was going to suck. I didn't think it was going to be great. I thought it could be either. The preview didn't tell me enough. Then there was the new preview that came out, and the new preview just looks not good it just looks not good it looks like they're cramming every superhero they can find into this movie i understand it's a justice league movie it's an introduction to the justice league but uh they what they really should have done is use the for comic book fans they should have used the injustice storyline from the comic books in which basically lois lane gets killed at the very beginning of the injustice storyline and superman decides screw all this we're going to let people have free will and handle their own problem stuff I'm going to solve everybody's problem because I'm God. I mean, you know, I have God-like powers, and I can do whatever I want. And Batman is on the other side, and he says, no, you have to let people live their lives. You can't just control people, even if you think you're doing the right thing. So that, that actually is a fascinating conflict. Um, but that's not what I hate. Okay, so I, this movie I don't think is going to be particularly good. I'll go to see it anyway because I love comic book movies, and I watch basically all of them. My sister is such a comic book nut that she went to see... Uh, even the, the new Fantastic Four movie that no one went to see. She's the only person who went to see that movie. Um, and so that they made $4, it made $12 at the box office, and they came from my sister. So we'll probably go to see, we'll, we'll probably go to see this particular movie. But here's the thing that I hate, and it actually isn't the movie. There's this little clip that came out from the movie. It's a little preview clip. And I actually like this preview clip. I actually think it's kind of cool. This isn't the thing that I hate. We'll show you the preview clip, and then I'll tell you the thing that I hate. For those who can't see, Batman is chained up with his hands over his head, and Superman just kind of descended into whatever pit he's in, and a bunch of people bowed to Batman uh, to Superman because he's God, right? And now Superman is reaching over, and he's grabbing Ben Affleck's bat mask, and he's pulling it off of him, and they're staring at each other in very angry fashion. They're obviously pissed at each other, right? They're very mad, right? Because they're in conflict, right? This is the central conflict. It's it's Superman versus Batman. That's the that's the whole premise of the film. Okay. So that's not the thing that I hate. I think that's kind of cool. It could be interesting. Here's the thing that I hate. BuzzFeed, which is just a garbage website for, for garbage. I mean, they, they've, they're funny cat memes and leftist politics. That's, that's BuzzFeed. Their entertainment reporter tweeted out, the sexual tension is real in the new Batman versus Superman teaser. And now no normal person watched this clip and went, yeah, those dudes definitely want to go at each other. <laughs> okay, no, nobody watches that and they're like, yeah, that, that's going to be Brokeback Mountain Part 2, the sequel. Superman Brokeback Mountain. That's, that's what it's going to be. No one in the right... But the guy who wrote this, um, Christian Zamo, who's the guy who wrote this, is uh, apparently, according to his profile, he's a gay guy, and so 
apparently when he goes to Bonds and he's in the checkout line, there's sexual tension with, with the male checker. <laughs> but it, this is something that I, I truly despise about modern society, is that they've actually destroyed, they've actually destroyed the notion of male friendship or even male conflict. Right, the idea that two guys can just be friends, and this is true for women too. It's, they've actually done it across the board. The idea that two women can be friends—they've done it actually in the comic books now. Right, Catwoman can't just be a powerful woman; she has to be a bisexual. Right, Wonder Woman has to be quasi bisexual. All of these women—if you're a powerful woman—that means that you're quasi bisexual, which is such unbelievable nonsense. I mean, seriously, all the powerful women in my life that I know are absolutely straight. And the and and, and but but the left has decided that. In order to make everyone, feel, everyone's just a little gay on the inside, right? In order to make everybody feel that way, they're now going to take pop cultural moments and they're going to read sexual tension into them. So it's not just that these are two guys who are, and by the way, Superman and Batman, spoiler alert, they will end up being friends, okay? Superman is not going to kill Batman and Batman is not going to kill Superman. There are future sequels planned, okay? So they will end up on the same side of the aisle, but they're not going to end up on the same side of the bed, right? That's not, that's not the point of this thing, but the left is so desperate to see sexual tension everywhere so that they can imply that everyone is just a little bit gay. See, not, not everyone is just a little bit straight. Gay people are totally gay, but all straight people are a little bit gay, right? That's the way that this works. If you are a gay person, you are unerringly and, and unchangingly gay from now till the end of time. If you are a straight person, you can magically convert. I mean, have you seen a Hollywood movie? You have a 25-year-old woman who's been straight her entire life, but then she spots a beautiful woman and suddenly she's attracted. It's like, what, she's never seen a woman before? She's 25. Like, I assume she's seen a woman before, but you no, know, people randomly shift and sexuality is completely malleable and fluid. And they're doing this about what is a movie for teens, right? Which is the, the most sexually confusing time of any boy's or girl's life is when you're a teenager and the hormones are first starting to hit and boys are basically willing to screw a tree. And this is when they decide that they're going to, to target these kids. So that, that's the thing I hate is the left's perverse decision that they must read sexuality into everything, including things that have no sexual content to them at all. It's not just irritating, it's actually problematic because you're teaching kids to see sex everywhere. And that's not a healthy mindset. You wonder why the society is over-sexualized and you wonder why young boys have perverse views of women and, and why they're trying to screw everything in sight. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that you're reading sex into everything to push your own sexual agenda. So that's the thing I hate for today, aside from Islamic terrorism and the failure of the left to recognize that it even exists. By the way, I should note that we haven't, we, haven't yet, we haven't yet locked down the rationale for what just happened in San Bernardino, but it is important to mention, we are experiencing here in California a historic drought. So you never know, it could be climate change. I'm Ben Shapiro, this is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, 
I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.